to another exciting episodes of Grim Dark Tales, the podcast edition. I am joined once again by the awesome Noel. Hello, awesome Eric. <laughs> Hello, awesome Noel. Um, so we have been working our way through the Tau Codex, talking about all the different unit options and some of our favorites, some of the ones we think could use some work. And today we have made it to the heavy support section uh, and we will also be including super heavies since that's such a small uh, amount of units. So um, we'll just start from the beginning like we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it looks like the first thing in the book here is the broadside battle suit. Um, this model holds a special place in my heart, but um, <laughs> I would like to know, Noel, what you think of the broadside before I go into anything. Okay, so I think it's probably going to be espousing the same kind of things as yourself in that they're just quintessentially one of the most awesome units that you can field in any Tau army uh, to me. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I remember like when they first came around and they were just literally a variant with... um, uh the two like rails uh the two rail guns like shoulder mounted on an xv8 and yep. um no it looked a little derpy um <laughs> yes uh to say the least so but the new since the new resculpt they're just they're, they're just a gorgeous model um they feel like they have the weight and tankiness that they should um in the in the rules and in the fluff and um they just provide such a wealth of fire support that you know i can i, I can you know, for tower players, it's just a given, you know, why wouldn't you have them regardless? And uh, I can understand why for non-tower players, they are so universally hated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they can be the bane of many, many an opponent uh, to a tower gun line, uh, <laughs> just by the sheer weight of fire they can kick out. Um, and also, I think um, they're just in a very sweet position now, um, ever since the, the points, got, points got adjusted for them. Um, yeah. in the edition decks coupled with the fact that their rules um they just shine a lot better than i think they ever had the opportunity to in seventh barring kind of you know stupid um detachment you know formations that kind of you know were just the thing back then but yeah um i'd, I'd say yeah for me it's um it's just a given they're beautiful minis and yeah they they, they just have a good commanding presence and right so yep uh, I absolutely agree. I also, um, I think this is like the fourth time I'm telling the audience, but this, uh, the Tau, I started collecting as soon as they became an army in the game. And um, the broadside, I remember thinking, was a bit derpy. That original model, a little ridiculous looking with the shoulder-mounted cannons. And a pain. Uh, so I remember when you got the kits, uh, they were also kind of those um, those rail guns were, you know, quite often fine, um, fine cast or uh, metal. Um, and I can't remember which now, but they were always bent to hell. So 
of like you know it, it was it wasn't really so much of a blunderbuss on it was more like a bendy bus uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> um you know it's just like can you it's uh I, what's the name of that film the one where it's just like do you can they curve the bullets <laughs> oh uh yeah wanted i think yeah that's the one yeah it's yeah. it looks like that's their intention um yeah. when they're bent like that yeah um, I can shoot a rail round through corners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the, uh, to answer your question, I remember the guns were pewter. Um, mm -hmm. So there were, there were portions of the model that like the body of it was basically a crisis suit. It was plastic. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, gun, the, like both guns, the, the missile pod arms and the rail gun uh, components were metal and the feet were metal. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Extra, and, the last yeah. And putting it together was, I mean, the number of times that its ankle snapped and it just fell forward on its face. Mm. Um, it, it was unbelievable. Like the, the imbalance of that model, not only, you know, literally, but also just the way it looked was so imbalanced. And the guns, because they were, yeah, because they were metal, you're, you're right there. They were so top heavy as well. Just exactly. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, they always fell over as well. And now the broadside is such a robust, tanky-looking suit. It's so awesome. Specifically, the railgun broadside variant is actually, I think, my favorite model in the Tau range. It's arguably been one of my favorite models just in 40K, but I, I just love it. I think it's such an intimidating profile, that huge twin-linked railgun. And... Uh, the way that the weapon is mounted now, I've heard people say it, it makes less sense than like a shoulder-mounted weapon, but I think the way Tau builds suits, it actually looks more in keeping with their aesthetic. And it's just it's just so cool. And the high-yield missile pods, I still think are awesome too, even though I prefer the railgun, you know, aesthetically speaking. But the broadside also on the table has such a tremendous presence. I remember... The first game I played, 8th edition with my Tau, the broadsides were horrifying. Mm. Um, I, You know, the damage that they put out with the railguns, it was like my opponent, Jordan, at the time was playing Imperial Guard, and I was just making a mess of his tanks. And I think he just did not anticipate how scary they were, combined with how resilient they were. With, with mm. those six wounds, Toughness 5 profile, like, they're actually hard to move. Yeah, um, it can be a real pain to shift, um, yeah. especially you know in numbers, definitely. Yeah, no, as if, uh, I mean, you've answered my next question to you, Eric, which was kind of obviously which is your favorite loadout. So, but I mean, you say kind of you know obviously the rail gun because it is such a quintessentially um, you know tower weapon. Uh, yeah, type. yeah. But in game, would you also say that rail's definitely your go-to, or would you say the hiding missile pod is the the better one? So <laughs> I feel a little split on this. Um, I think that like from a strictly better or worse perspective, I, I lean towards the missile pod as being the better option specifically because if you put advanced targeting system on it and you're getting that many shots, uh, what is it? Eight shots at AP minus two strength, seven damage D three. Yep. Um, that's, that's so powerful when you take a unit of, let's say three of them, and you give them advanced targeting system and they have marker light support. I mean, that is one of the most ferocious bits of fire in your whole army. 
And, you know, if you combine that with smart missile systems, which are also getting that minus one AP, there's just so much damage output in that one unit. It's crazy. I think I lean towards that from like a tactical superiority, but from an aesthetic side and and also just how I organize my army and I really like to emphasize the rail system um, because I think rail tech is probably like my favorite Tau weapon. I just absolutely love the range that the railgun affords combined it's it's basically like you have a squad of you know it has that intimidation factor of like a deep striking squad of melta gun guys a squad of scions that drops in in melta range or something but it is so much harder to kill than that like the units like that you know there, there's i think that as much as gw maybe tries to get away from it the idea of the bomb is still a very real thing Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, to, I think like Tempestus Scions with full Melta complement or stuff like that is still a super popular thing. But the idea with them is that they're like, they shoot their, they blow their load and then they're usually shot off the table next turn. Yeah. Um, because at yeah. the end of the day, it's a squad of, you know, five toughness, three dudes with a four up save. But in this case, you're getting that same damage potential. Granted, in a much costlier package, but you're putting it in a squad that you can literally put in the back line of your army. And even then, it's a durable chassis that you can give drone support for defense. Mm -hmm. And they just are so hard to displace that most of the time in games, and against very savvy opponents, I feel like they get ignored because they they just know they're not going to be able to deal with them and they're they don't want to deal with the frustration of like partially dealing with them and really only getting rid of like some drones and maybe damaging a suit but not diminishing its firepower yeah um and then they just ignore them and and the whole game broadsides end up just chewing things up deleting whatever you point at with the you know i i take a no, I don't take a squad of three. I run a brigade, and then I just have three squ- squads of one in each. Yeah. Um, and they each have the twin uh, railgun, which um, I also use um, Cecilia, so they get a free reroll for each squad uh, to hit. So with that many you know, railgun shots where you're re-rolling half of your shots, essentially, mm. um, without Step. any marker light support already, it's... It's crazy. Yeah, that's a devastating loadout to have <laughs> uh, with that with with that set in it as well. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it, that's that's some, that's some nasty stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for me, um, it's been one of those uh, again. Like I've talked about it in previous videos, um, I'm going to revisit my tower at some point quite soon, mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of like fill out on some units. And within there will be two more because I currently only and I've always only ever had the one purely because um while i know that um they can be great in numbers um i've always had a weaker spot personally for crisis suits yeah uh, um with my tactics and the way i like to play kind of you know again you mentioned like the bomb um obviously because i play fast like on claves it's kind of you know it's uh i like to play as a fluff so with yeah. that yeah. i've never really had the points to it but i'd like to branch out for a little bit of variety Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, kind of you know field a few more of those bad boys 
uh, definitely kind of, you know, in further games. Yeah. But yeah, so the one I always take is always the high yield missile pod as well with the smart mm-hmm. missile systems because uh, oh, when you've only got the one, tactically, just, you know, you give it the best loadout. But yeah, so, um, and again, I'm, I do have to say, while I know that, again, a savvy thing to do, uh, depend, as long as you know who you're playing, would be to mm-hmm. chuck a velocity tracker on for like the two points. Yeah. Because uh, they can be an absolute beast against anything with a fly keyword in that instance. I mean, yeah. that range with a bit of marker light support, you're hitting on, you know, you're re-rolling the ones, you you know, because you don't have a degrading profile on a broadside. Yeah. So um, even standard, then you're kind of like, you know, uh, with one marker light, you're hitting on fours, re-rolling the ones. With a velocity tracker, that's you're hitting on threes, re-rolling the ones. With, um, you know, obviously a full quota of marker lights on a flyer then or anything with a fly keyword, you're essentially hitting on twos, re-rolling the ones. Yeah. Um, which is can be horrible. And even against kind of, you know, very filthy um, outer flyer, uh, lists, uh, you can still reliably get a good chunk of shots and absolutely destroy, uh, destroy them. Um, yeah. uh, you know, kind of, you know, any of those flyers, um, or, you know, whole squads of, um, jet bikes, um, mm-hmm. same thing, uh, can be absolutely brutal. Um, so that's kind of a thing I like to occasionally do. Uh, but yeah, one thing I was going to ask with the um, uh, broadside is uh, you mentioned drone support. So yeah. um, with your loadouts, um, whether it's going to be the um, rail gun or the high yield missile pod, we talked about the signal system. What drones do you take with them, or do you have them flying solo, um, but just with other units of drones around, or do you dedicate any to the broadsides? Yeah. So the way that I run it. Um, I never attach the drones as like part of the unit. Um, I just keep a lot of my drones that I have in my list as a whole uh, near the broadsides because um, what I forgot to add was that in addition to my broadsides um, having usually the the railgun and uh, plasma rifle loadout is Mm. that I give two of them, two of the three uh, shield generators and I give the third one a drone controller. So um, the third, you know, the one with the drone controller, I usually sit back just a little bit more than the other two. And um, I just sit marker drones around the broadsides essentially, and they provide that, you know, those those buffs in addition to just be making them harder to kill. Um, but I, I try to just make it so that the broadsides are as annoying to shoot at as you could possibly imagine. Um, and I think giving them a bunch of ablative wounds in the drones combined with a four-up save, uh, invulnerable save, is about as annoying as you can get. Yeah. Um, Tons of a, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in addition to them having a two-up armor save and toughness five and six wounds and Hmm. Um, and then I usually have an ethereal parked near them with, I know that's sacrilege to your army and that's totally fine. Heresy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tau heresy. Um, but I always have sense of stone going. So, hmm. you know, they're ignoring wounds on a six as well. Um, which I generally save a few and it just makes them that much more frustrating to take off the table. Nice. Um, so yeah, I think I actually, 
really love the velocity tracker in the way that you just described though and especially against eldar flyers which mm. all have like a toughness of six at you know tops basically um yeah. you're wounding them on threes almost always and it's it's just brutal like the, uh, you can just tear stuff up like that especially against jet bikes like you said like high yield missile pods with velocity trackers are insane against units like that but uh yeah that's that's basically how i use drones with them i mean obviously if i were using a more aggressive sort of loadout i might consider gun drones just as ablative wounds combined with like you know more prickly defenses once they get closer but because i keep the broadside sort of absolutely backlined um mm. i feel like it makes more sense to have a long range drone component uh nested with them yeah but uh yeah well, that's cool i was gonna say with mine um i tend to when i do take my um broadside out uh, as a battle with it, it i know it's not the most cost effective point um but with my castle element that i usually take uh because i play a very mobile game with my town mm -hmm. i usually have a commander sitting out back yep that commander i almost treat like my second broadside currently mm. in the you know, it's um, it's a non-targetable um, kind of unit, and yes. that unit as well, that that commander sitting in the back, is generally always carrying three missile pods as well. Yeah. Uh, um, and with a drone controller, um, kind of for my marker drones that are sitting out back. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, um, I found um, that's a nice little combo to have, because with a drone controller, then if I slap um. Uh, two of the missile drones. Now, I know they're 20 points a pop, mm -hmm. but when you've got a drone controller from a commander sitting nearby, and obviously those drones can be detachable from the unit which yep. as soon as you've deployed them, it's really quite nice, I find, just to have those extra missile pods. You obviously take the ablative wounds on other more squishy and you know less valuable drones. Right. But by having those extra two missile pods that can then essentially follow the commander around later on in the game, um, it just means that, you know, there's even when they take the broadside down, you know, uh, because I've only got the one. Uh, so normally it does become a target. Yeah. Uh, even despite that, um, and, you know, eventually giving in to the wickering amount that I can just pass off elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's essentially, it's what it's only semi muted the, the range and, um, the kind of, you know, the, that, that tasty strength seven. Um, yeah you kind of you know have elsewhere in the in the list so for me i find that a useful tactic to have um like i say no no it's not the most cost effective but i find it's a nice thing that works for me quite often with my list and how i how i feel it yeah that's a great like a uh, fire base to have there i mean you know i, I in previous uh episodes i think I, I told you as well that i feel my crisis suits with two missile pods and advanced targeting system so mm. i know all about spamming missile pods <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's a super valid strategy and i think um it can do so much damage uh i that you know in that case i i actually do think that missile drones as long as you have a drone controller nearby actually are a decent use of points because you're you're literally just basically paying for the you know the gun almost mm. um it's a super cheap way to get that extra firepower instead of having to take another chassis of like a, you know, a battle suit of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, 
the only other way I think that's like maybe cheaper or as cheap is taking the turrets with your infantry. Um, yeah, yeah. And those are great, but they're much less mobile. So mm. um, I think that the way you do it is actually super viable and really just cool too. I mean, I love the idea of just a million rockets firing out from the Tau backlines. I think that's super awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it kind of seems like thematically for those for that kind of like castle element that you'd have that extra support there in amongst the um, all that all that pulse fire. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 the um, it's the right. It seems like it's always the right and good choice to have as many missiles as possible just to uh, supplement that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's the broadside. Um, I feel like I could talk about broadsides forever just because I'm such a fanboy, but um, mm. I do think we covered sort of the big, the big hits. I did just want to say though, in addition, um, as much as the broadside I think is like a generally considered a backline unit, uh, sort of a static gun emplacement type unit. I think that it actually can be very mobile because as I talked about in the last episode, marker light support can actually make a static gunline tau army be very mobile on the fly mm. um because of one of those marker light um tiers being that you can move and fire heavy weapons without penalty yeah. um you know as long as you're keeping your fire concentrated and focused on the things that you've fully lit up i think that any tau army really can displace without very much penalty and mm. broadsides can actually be just as effective on the move and you're really firing almost always at, at, at with your broadside at things that have been fully marker lit. So mm -hmm. um, I feel yeah. like put to full effect. Yeah. So I feel like they it, it really is like broadsides, I think, are much more mobile than people give them credit for. But uh, I just wanted to say that because I feel like, you know, people have preconceived notions of them. And obviously, like on paper, when you're just looking at the data sheet, yes, it looks like it's a static gun uh boat essentially but um there are ways to make it uh a mobile not that it's like fast but you can move them yeah um, and you you can move your whole army forward sort of without too much penalty mm. yeah um and not i was gonna say there's i mean because you've also got other options as well with that kind of tactic and uh you don't even have to necessarily rely on the marker like support if you don't get <laughs> closer off or you know you've got other targets that you want to put it through that the broadside might be just out of reach because yeah. you've also got the um carry on and moncal strategies and obviously if you've got a commander nearby your broadside and you know you're chucking out that um that the, 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 you know the uh moncal then you know then obviously you again it's another avenue of you know marching them up the field allowing them to fire without kind of any penalty as well uh yeah. so yeah, there's plenty of options available. And again, it's just that um, synergy in the codex that's just throughout where, yeah. um, you know, any unit can really buff another one. Um, and it's it's readily done when you kind of, you know, you just look outside the box a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I completely agree. And the Tau book is so is so beautiful for that specific attribute where, you know, some some books are really strong because just the units in them the data sheets on their own are just so, you know, they have so much duality of, of function. They're just so strong. But when you look at the Tau book, 
they just there are so many unit options that sing when you combine them and i think that that's what's so special about the tau mm. i completely agree so yeah so that's the broadside um onto the next data sheet here which is the hammerhead gunship mm-hmm. um another unit that's been around since the the dawn of the tau and uh I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've never owned a Hammerhead gunship in my life as a collector of models of Warhammer 40,000. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, and I have to say as well, um, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I think I think kind of, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've um, uh, played against them. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've had the occasion, I've managed to borrow friends every now and again and played with them occasionally to see how they work but for me and i think the same for you because we play fairly mecha towel lists um and our leanings and kind of like the the units that really draw us uh more the battle suits so i think kind of you have to i think when you're building your army you make a pretty um you you make a decision on this fairly on early on with how you're going to build and if you're purely going the kind of almost guard mentality of you know this is my gun line um this is what you know any unit has to get through or get at but you know to to kill me off it's the right choice um if you're doing kind of gun line town but it's i don't know there seems that you know throughout the rest of the decks and not just in this edition but other editions there's just more cost efficient points of getting um getting those heavy hitting rounds out, um, you know, from other units, really. Um, Because while you've got the railgun, which is kind of, you know, this is kind of, you know, the usual, this was almost like the default uh, for many um, editions of Mm -hmm. how you got your, you know, your massive destroying rail weaponry in in the list. Yeah. But, and even still, it's only ever really... A heavy one shot right so you are literally you're, you're you're relying on that um not failing it so um at any point um and because it's heavy i mean granted you know so i mean you have to be careful with your movement um with a hammerhead yeah because uh, otherwise you're kind of you know you're completely lessening so there's easy ways to get around that potential one shot even mm-hmm. with the marker light support, because you whiff a roll and you know you spent a bucket load in a tank and this specific one gun, where you're not really getting the best best of it. Um, and you know, so many battle reports I've seen um, and kind of you know I've seen kind of being played at kind of local gaming clubs and you know there's a hammerhead and there it's every time it's not and it doesn't seem to be just one specific player. But every time you need to rely on that shot, it always whips. Yeah, of you course. know the dice gods are fickle like that. Yes, and you know it's just um, you know it, I don't know. It just seems a waste of points in comparison to what else you can bring. I mean, yeah. um, especially well, not just especially in this edition, but even now in this edition, where I mean, I don't know exactly how much a hammerhead costs uh, points wise in the game. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, guaranteed, you can pretty much get two um, uh, to to broadsides for about the same cost. Yeah, uh, or you know, not much more. And then you're chucking out, granted, strength eight instead of strength ten, but you know, that's four rail shots as opposed to one. 
yeah um, it's a no-brainer um, yeah absolutely yeah um but i don't know it's I, again it's, it's it's like with many of the tanks uh the tower have it's just like they've got such unique gorgeous look to them yes they just don't seem to have a place in my army yeah um for me it's always kind of if i've got those extra points it's like well you know what other battlesuit unit can i put in <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. um because yeah there's always just uh it seems to be just always a more more cost effective way of dealing with um any list or any army or opponent really um but that's just kind of my view on it i mean what's your what's your view on the hammerheads um you know just in game or from what you've seen yeah so it's actually funny i think like how similar my my opinion of them is as yours because I actually love the model. I think it's gorgeous. It's so unique. Tau tanks are so unique looking. Mm. Um, and I really, really like the aesthetic that they designed for them. I think the Hammerhead is just an incredibly cool looking vehicle. And I've, again, the railgun, rail tech is like my favorite Tau weaponry. So there's a lot for me to, to want to utilize here. But mm. I think that it just doesn't, it feels incongruous in a in a list that I would make because everything is battle suits and infantry in my lists. Mm. Um, I just don't have room for like traditional trans, uh, you know, vehicle options. Um, and I think that the like you said, the one shot thing is so crippling. And I feel like they really missed a trick here. I was legitimately so surprised when this book came out. And the hammerhead didn't have um, an equivalent to the grinding advance rule, mm -hmm. um, where it could fire twice under half speed, because the Imperial Guard got that, and then the Eldar got it, mm -hmm. and with the fire prism. And I was like, oh well, it's like a it's a guarantee that the hammerhead would then get it too, especially because it has a one shot gun, and the the railgun isn't even like a it's not even that fearsome, like, uh, you know, next to some other mega guns in the game right now. Mm. Um, it's only, it. it's only strength 10. I mean, you know, there are so many guns now that the, I mean, the shadow sword gun is strength 16. Mm. Um, it's guns can get much crazier than this. And, um, it's just a one-shot strength 10, AP minus four, damage D6. Yes, it can do some mortal wounds if you roll six to wound, but it is one shot a turn, which means an average mm -hmm. of a six game or a six-turn game, you're getting one mortal wound output turn. Yeah. Um, it's just not enough to and then you know, if you look at its other gun, the ion cannon, it's like that really brings home like why would I not be taking a riptide instead of instead of this vehicle? Yeah. Um, because the ion accelerator, I think, puts that weapon to shame. The fact that you can nova charge it and then overcharge it, and you're getting six strength nine AP minus three shots that do three damage a piece. Yeah, um, yeah, they kind of dropped the ball on it, I think, um, with this because uh, exactly for the reason you said. I mean, you know, so there's so many guns out there that kind of far out, you know, outstrip the rail yeah. gun. Uh, which yeah. is a shame because it's such an iconic gun um, in the Tau list. And, you know, in, in the fluff, it has this uh, 
such potency where it just literally tears a hole through stuff. Yeah. Uh, literally and out the other side <laughs> um um but in game is just like it's a bit of a wet squib um, mm -hmm. um and even more so on the hammerhead i mean i'd almost would have preferred it if um if it was just dropped to kind of you know strength eight like the um rail gun um on the broadside and then it just you know had more shots yeah uh, you know very much like the you know the you know the um Twin links one uh, the right. broads have, um, but again, it's um, you know, I mean, yeah, I think just rail weaponry across the board could probably do with a little tweak in the rules. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's not like tower in a bad position. Uh, it's just, um, I think, you know, I just think kind of it's not really as powerful as it should be. Uh, yeah. You know that kind of you know mortal wound on a d6 thing throughout all all well rail weaponry uh throughout the codex it's kind of a clutch thing that never really happens hmm. yeah. in an yeah. army where um where you really don't have very much um ability to um you know dish out mortal wounds um it kind of feels like a bit of a bad joke um that kind of you know the one the the few the options that we do have you're you're kind of reliant on those sixes to wound and yeah. that's always on weapons that it doesn't really have a high number of shots yeah um you know whether it be the um you know the pathfinders rail 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 gun mm -hmm. the rail rifle um you know it just yeah it needs a, it needs a redo um on the um the, the mortal wound i mean even if it was like a five up instead of right. a six um you know that would give it some you know uh just balance i think yeah uh, in the game but that's kind of a minor niggle um but yeah i mean again like you said with the ion gun the ion cannon there's just no need to take the ion cannon because again yeah the riptide or literally um you know i mean to a certain degree i mean just you know put take the cyclic iron raker on the on the on, a, on um the ghost keels yeah Yep. You're chucking out twice the amount of shots. Yeah, it does. It, it's it's slightly less on the AP, but you know, I mean, by the time you add again advanced targeting system, you're chucking that to AP minus two. Yep. Um, and again, when you overcharge it with the right microlite points, you're kind of you know you're ignoring those re um, mortal wounds and getting them on the reroll. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, on the ones that you get right. to. Um, and yeah, just the damage output. You know, six six shots on a ghost kill. Um, yeah, spread a AP minus two, um, D three damage as opposed to three. But you know, just on a on a much more survivable unit, on a much yeah. more mobile unit, um, you'd always take one over a hammerhead, um, right. which is a shame. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of the thing. It's just, um, you know, if you're playing them like um, Imperial Guard and you want all the tanks, then it's definitely a go-to choice. But it's, yeah, you need to be not having a, a battlesuit Tau army. Yeah. Uh, you are committed whole 100% to the gun line, uh, exactly. you know, by taking this kind of thing. And, you know, each to their own, but, you know, it's, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, it's just not the army I made. Um, yeah. I I would love to see like an armored column Tau army. I think that's actually cool. Um, it's just not the army I want. I mean, I think 
a Tau army without battlesuits just feels so strange to me. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't, I would never make the choice to sacrifice battlesuits for, you know, their options for tanks. I just wouldn't do it. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of where I'm at. I think, you know, I, I guess the one advantage it has is if it sits still, it has a three up ballistic skill. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's good for Tau. And then with marker light support, that can become a two rerolling ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're taking the Tau um, sept and you take um, long strike, yeah, that can actually be a game changer. If you take like, you know, four hammerheads with or three with long strike or something. And then they're all getting, you know, the plus one to wound against heavy targets. And it's like, okay, because then you're, you know, wounding tanks on twos with um, Mm. railguns. And it's like, that's at least worth considering, I guess, because they're all, you know, they'd be hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, wounding on twos. Um, You know, that's a serious threat. But at the same time, that's a huge point suck. And it requires a special character and it requires taking that sept. And, you know, if you want to have your own unique flavor to your army, uh, you're, you're kind of shoehorned with that, with that option. So. So, Yeah, I agree. Kind of like thematically kind of, you know, list building wise, exactly the same thing that you're really, you're you're putting yourself in a box uh, from the outset by by wanting to take these uh, you know it's a good good call on the long strike i forgot about that and that kind of really actually is the only viable tactic i think uh, so too yeah for yeah. them because um, you know otherwise it's just there's too many um opportunities for them to go wrong yeah. and even long, even with long strike it's uh, it's not a, it's it's not a done deal um, you know, I've seen you know games where he's with plenty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, then it's just like it's even more of a kind of like, oh, why did I bring all this? Uh, <laughs> such a point sink. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's a, it, it it is a shame. Um, but um, for someone who's never really going to take them, um, you know, it's I don't know. Each of their own. I'm sure there's some Tau players that are, are, are screaming because it's just like a, you know, they just want them to be good again or something. Yeah. But, uh, for me, it's just like I don't know. It's it's never been a thing for me. Um, <laughs> not my hashtag. Not my Tau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just not. It's not the huge loss that it might be to someone else. That it, uh, it to me because I just don't. I wouldn't play them anyway. Um, just because the way I build my lists, but I will say, like, I think they're gorgeous models. I really, really like the the design of the hammerhead, mm. and uh, I, for those who do want to play them, and and I can totally see why you would want to. Then I do, you know, totally sympathize because I think they really do deserve to have more damage output, um, mm. just in general, and and also to not have to rely on long strike to be decent you know like imagine if lehman rust tanks had to have commander pask to be good like that would be so crippling for imperial guard players Mm. um and you know i i think it's a bit of apples and oranges just because the battle suit thing makes up in such a huge way for like how mediocre their tanks are 
Whereas mm-hmm. for guard, it's like if their tanks weren't good, they don't have a backup. That that kind of is their thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a bit different. But I I still think like for Tau players who want to have the internal balance of a codex so that like you can take any option and it and it's good i do feel bad because you know i think all of the tank variants are sort of somewhat lacking um as we will get into shortly with this next data sheet too (laughs) yeah so uh yeah it does actually bring us quite nicely onto this uh which is obviously um yeah the other the the other elephant in the room uh, well, not the elephant in the room. It's uh, just, I, su- I suppose, again, if you're going to take, um, you know, any tank, this one probably has more viability. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, again, yeah, it's it's, it's the same thing. And, you know, I don't want to kind of, you know, sound like a stuck record, but it's just like, I just don't see me ever wanting to take this over other options um i mean the sky ray gunship is again it's quite a beautiful looking tank mm-hmm. uh, all those all those seeker missiles are um are, you know pretty devastating uh, yeah. and again it's just um it's good why would you take it over other things <laughs> yeah um, I mean, I mean to be honest. I mean, um, well, see, I, I think seeker missiles are an underutilized thing in the Tau, tau decks. Mm-hmm. There's not many things that you get um, to use them on. But yeah. I think, as we've um, discussed in, in previous previously, I think when we did the fast attack. Um, yeah. And while we didn't actually mention it, um, obviously the broadsides can take seeker missiles as well. Five points a pop. Yep. Uh, um, obviously only the one each right. but you know, take them in numbers that's f- still three se- seeker missiles for 15 points Yeah. Um, on a chassis that isn't such a you know bullet magnet with a degrading profile exactly uh, um, you know there are other options and again um, when each piranha can essentially take two um, you know I and I think yeah I think we did we discussed it last week where it's yep. just like Know, for the for, for exactly the same amount of seeker missiles, um, you can just slap two on the piranha each, and you know for you know even fewer points, you've got that plus melters um, plus something that's mobile. Um, exactly, probably has a little more utility. It's not just kind of a one trick pony of I'll sit in the back, I'll splooge my load of um, seeker missiles, and then just go you know like a limp dick in the corner and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know it's. Um, yeah yeah it is just that really um the one thing it has going for it is anti-flyer um because yeah. it does come inbuilt with a velocity tracker but um again velocity trackers only being two points of pop on a battle suit yeah right so take a battle yeah. suit <laughs> um, exactly yeah um yeah i've i, I wish I, I wish tanks were better um uh, for tau um yeah I just maybe it's just I'm not I'm missing a trick here, and you know I'm happy if some canny tower player who uses these can you know put me right put me right, but I just don't see why you would have that um, over a battle suit. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the 
I'm looking at the stat line. I'm looking at the guns. There's there's just nothing really there that wows me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, your thoughts, Eric? <laughs> yeah. So weirdly, uh, in the same exact boat as you, um, I struggle to understand what would motivate me to take this. I I do think it's a super cool model. Um, I think that six seeker missiles is a serious threat but the fact that this tank literally has after it's done that it's which i think almost every tau player just uses in their first turn Mm. um then you're looking at a 13 is it 13 yeah 13 wound chassis that just basically has two marker lights on it and i guess you can like float around and try to block things from charging you and you know do weird shenanigans but to me you know as a as a player who likes to have like a story to his army and and plays narratively i i could not imagine the tau using their tanks like that um that just doesn't make any sense to me so um what i would assume is that a sky ray would you know shoot off all its missiles and then it would just sit there or be pulled off the front line and replaced with one that has a full load or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't, and you know, you could give it like two smart missile systems or whatever. Um, the marker lights are useful. Like I think that it's nice to have two extra marker lights in your army that are hitting on threes. Um, and I guess if you're shooting at things with fly, they're hitting them on twos, which, you know, I guess that's cool to have two extra marker light things. But I really think having a unit that essentially becomes offensively useless after its first round of shooting um, and costs as much as this thing does, that mm-hmm. it's just not worth it can't be worth taking. Like, I, I just I just can't imagine it. Like, unless you're, it it even, I feel like, almost is designed to make a game not fun, too. Because, like, if you, let's say you take, like, three Sky Rays, mm-hmm. and in your first turn, you shoot all of their missiles, and they do all the damage you were hoping they would do, and you blow up that much of the enemy, mm-hmm. um, it's possible that you've just skewed the game, like, too hard in your own favor. And then it's like not a game; it's just a wash or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just think that like the the Skyray, like the idea of something that has like a finite payload and then it uses it is is cool. But I think that it is utilized better in a unit like the uh, the Death Strike missile or whatever for the guard, where mm-hmm. it it doesn't come into effect until later in the game. Um, and in that regard, I think it makes it like a huge high risk, high reward weapon because it might do nothing. Um, but w- when it does do something, it's probably going to be later in the game. Yeah. And it makes it so that the weapon hasn't like become useless um, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, I mean, self, I mean, even going, even if you were to do it that way around, I mean, I, 
I've played a few guard players in my time, and um, I've, I've I've seen a few of the Death Strike missiles. And while they are, when you see them on the field, they're kind of like, okay, so I've got to really be concerned about this. I have never seen one actually get to IRS missile <laughs> <laughs> before. Kind of, you're in their lines, and it gets blown yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and you know, the rules for the Death Strike could be tweaked, and that's fine. And I think honestly it does fall into a problem on the other end of the spectrum, which is that at the time, by the time in the game that that thing ends up going off, if it does, usually the game is like wrapping up anyway. So it doesn't make enough of a difference usually to, to matter at that point. But I, I think there's gotta be some happy middle ground between, you know, the death strike never, ever popping off and, the sky ray blowing its load immediately and then becoming a brick um and uh, there's got to be something i I feel like the sky ray is definitely a cool idea and they just don't have the rules yet to make it viable right now yeah um i think kind of uh, i I think it just needs better secondary guns yeah Uh, i mean i'd i'd say if it could be it could be if it could be something close to say like i don't know um if it could if instead of the secret uh the smart missile system um or the burst cannon um you can just switch those out completely for um you know missile pods yeah uh, um, you know so it would give something a little more heavy hitting yeah exactly. Um, then you know i could see possibly you know it would have a bit more of a use and utility um or even if it just like you mentioned kind of you know in game it would have this uh you know in the fluff it would sit in the backfield it would shoot its payload off and there would you know more often it wouldn't stay and watch the show it would just roll off and you know go back to base so yeah. Um, maybe have this kind of rolling thing that you know if you limit it you know obviously you couldn't take any more than three anyway um (laughs) but you know if you have something like you know just depending on the numbers you could then drop it off the battlefield and then maybe in a turn or two turns time it can come back on you know refueled or you know the next one is basically there on the back lines ready to you know again unleash another load uh you know something like that maybe um yeah yeah, um i could see maybe working narratively um but you know or even just like a you know if you had it as a stratagem um you know pay like two or three command points and you can do that um you know for one what like once a game for one sky ray or something yeah Uh, exactly you know um just to give it something more than than what it is (laughs) yeah no i I totally agree i think that would be a, a pretty perfect solution honestly pretty pretty um eloquent solution would be to have them basically once they've shot all their seeker missiles you can sort of take them off the you know uh move them off the table edge and then maybe they spend a turn in like reserve and then they come back with a either a full complement or a partial complement or whatever um that i think would be a way to make them super valid and i honestly think you wouldn't have to change the points much like that's just yeah that would steal 
Yeah. Yeah. And so you can choose suspended or not. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. You're, you're putting a you're putting a viable strategy or tactic behind. You know, a tank that you know does see use, but you know, um, probably just yeah, just I don't know. For me, it's just I don't know why you would take it over others. Still, like I say, you've got the piranhas, you've got the broadsides, which are more viable and survivable, I'd say, and more yeah. mobile. Um, and it does lead to other units, um, you know, um, that also have the ability to take seeker missiles or even destroy missiles in, um, you know, the form of um, the um, the storm surge. Yeah. Uh, um, which, you know, at least kind of, you know, has the option and utility of having extra high strength weaponry plus anti-infantry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so again, I just don't, I, again, battle suits, why would you not take a battle suit? Um, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's clear that we both kind of feel the same about where the Tau tanks are at the moment. Yeah, um, it's kind of a shame because I mean, um, for considering there's not well, it, it probably says more about the style of the way that Tau play that there's not many heavy support choices. Yeah, but it's it's kind of it compounded by the fact that um, the ones that are there. I mean, really, I think you know we both agreed that the only one that's really valid is broadsides currently. Uh, yeah, as a you know, well, and and they're so valid. Um, that, exactly. That, it makes the others kind of defunct. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And, mm. you know, lucky me that my favorite model in the range is, is great right now. Mm. But, um, you know, oh, for others boy, who feel... Boy, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for others who feel differently, uh, mm. that's a real shame. I, I, I very much empathize with um, people who have favorites in other models and they're just waiting for their day to come, basically. Yeah. Um, one day, you know. Yeah. I mean, no one ever thought God would get their day, and look at them now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's the tanks. Um, and then on to the next one. We've actually kind of covered these, I think, somewhat in the when we discussed elites in the previous episode. Yeah. Um, but this is the uh, data sheet for the actual sniper drones that go along with that uh, marksman. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I explained in that episode the many uses I feel like you could sort of get out of this unit. Um, mm. and, and some tricks that I wanted to try uh, that I haven't yet. But... Um, no, uh, what are your initial thoughts on the sniper drones? Um, again, it's 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 pretty much as you said because we did kind of cover it in the elites with a along with the firesight marksman. Um, yeah, and I find the I mean I like the fact that um, in I'm not sure I can't remember how much it was. That's how much I paid attention to these guys um, in previous editions. But I like the fact that the firesight marksman himself is an elite slot. Yeah drones are in the heavy support because you know for things like a battalion it it allows you to easily and quite cheaply um fill a battalion uh, yeah. by taking you know um you know uh, many kind of you know these drones along with um you know some broadside as then kind of you know fireside marksmen to back them up and yeah. i think in those numbers and, I, and again as we discussed in the elites kind of um cast we um with numbers i think these 
these guys are actually really good. Um, yeah. As far as snipers go, um, given that the majority of snipers you're talking about strength four, granted it's still AP dash um, and one damage, but on the six plus you obviously get the mortal wound in addition. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that this is still tail weaponry. So you are talking about, um, you know, a strength five gun base. Yeah. Um, so even on most Marines, you're still wounding on threes. Exactly. Uh, so you've got that extra punch that Tau Pulse Weaponry has. Um, I love the fact that, um, and again, I can't remember if we mentioned it more because we focus more on the marksman, but these sniper drones, they do get a lot of use. I mean, 48 inches, that's quite a range. Um, rapid fire as well. So even at 24 inches, you're then chucking out two. Exactly. So a real sniper's dream, I think, in numbers. Yeah. Uh, um, especially considering the unit contains three anyway and can include th another three. So six in a unit, that's that, that's pretty tasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. March them halfway up the field in cover and then kind of, you know, bring them out, fire them on mass of the character, and, you know, you can really uh, make them think twice or blunt their charge. Um, yeah. And I think that's um, that's an impressive thing, really, from a little, little diminutive drone. Um, I also like the fact that, and I didn't realize this in this edition, they got the sniper drone stealth field as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, subtract one from hit rolls in the shooting phase for attacks made against the actual sniper drones. So yeah. they've kind of got their own innate ability to be quite survivable, really. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of instances. I mean, you have them up in cover because um, you know, well, they're not uh, technically infantry. They they you can get you can get give them cover yep. anyway, um, and you know, minus one to hit plus one to their save so you know i know there's a lot of minus one around anyway but still you know 50 50 percent chance sure, sure and yeah. um you can you know you can really um you can really make them very survivable i think um in the game for you know not very much uh because they don't cost a lot of points either yeah um so i think in numbers they're again one of those little scene units um, but I think they deserve to probably be on the battlefields, uh, you know, quite a bit more. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, uh, basically just to quickly reiterate what we've said in the past, I, and, and, you know, parrot what you just said, mm. they, in numbers, I think they're actually kind of a sniper player's dream because you're getting a half range. If you take, you know, a unit of six of them, you're getting 12 shots. Um, they're already strength five, which basically means you're their long range pulse rifles, uh, uh, essentially, which are a great infantry weapon already. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're combining that with the fact that sixes cause mortal wounds, the fact that they can target characters, and the fact that the unit is toughness four and minus one to hit, then suddenly they're actually much more intimidating than uh, that amount of firepower coming out of a squad of fire warriors. Mm. Um, and, you know, as long as you have a, a um, drone controller nearby, then they'll be hitting on fours with marker light support, hitting on threes, rerolling ones. Um, I think, I think they're really a serious choice. I, uh, I, I do think people never see them. And again, I think we said this the last time, I think part of that is just maybe because the model is fine cast 
And, um, you know, I, I don't think, I actually think they look really cool. I I don't think the model even needs an update. I just think that it needs to be made into plastic. Um, but that would be a great kit if they just made the current model, but in plastic with the Farsight Marksman and the sniper drones, that Mm. would be, I'd be all over that. I'd buy three of those in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and and pretty much the same um it's just uh yeah um i think I, they, they they deserve a spot i think um and i will be i will be buying them um when i when i revisit the town i think kind of you know they're just so underutilized and i think they could be really quite devastating and also given the point costs um you know for, to, to actually field them along with a marks a few marksmen yeah um it's a very cheap loadout for a very high threat. Um, and it basically means that either your player will be unaware because they'll be too focused on the traditional heavy hitters and trying to take them out like your broadsides or your riptides or, um, you know, your storm surge if you're one of them. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, either that or they're having to expend a lot of firepower to try and take these sniper drones and marksmen out. Yeah. Um, which kind of you can then quite easily take on the chin because given the points costs um, and the amount of firepower they'd have to do to actually remove them from play, um, you know, that's kind of like, well, okay, you, you crack on and you get ahead with that because, um, you know, all of my big heavy hitters are going to be still on the board and still causing a world of hurt. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> uh, loss just isn't that profound. So it's like, okay, I can just take it. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think it's um, that it's just, that alone really is the um, the unsung beauty of them. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think definitely definitely going to be one of my future auto includes. Yeah, I think I'll be doing the same thing. Really, I, they they're so cool and and um, they they seem to be effective enough and and definitely cheap enough for what they do. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you know it's one of these. Maybe it's on paper. It's going to be the case, and I'm going to field them. And I'm going to go. Why did I waste all that money? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on paper to me, it sounds like it's a. Uh, you know, why aren't why why isn't this a thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. Ty, only time will tell. Uh, yeah. I'm happy if someone knows the answer to this already. Um, but you know, yeah, I think uh, yeah, be the difference take these guys out for a while and I don't think you'll regret it. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the actual heavy support choices. Um, kind of a, kind of an interesting mix of units here. I mean, I think the broadside is a real winner. Uh, the sniper drone, sort of a dark horse hero. And mm-hmm. the tanks clearly just lacking when compared to the, the other amazing options that you have here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not talking about Vespid bad, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing's Vespid bad. Um, I don't even know if Vespids are as bad as Vespids are. Um, yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, so that's all for the actual heavy support choices, but because there's only one of them, I figured we would just throw the Lord of War in here as well. And because um, we love you guys anyway, so, you know, we'll give you, you know, your bang for your buck. Exactly, yeah. We'll, we'll, now, we'll chuck him in. Now the podcast is even more just as free um and then also has more more content yeah um, <laughs> uh so yeah we're going to talk about the storm surge um noel you've talked in the past about the storm surge a bit and i know your feelings on them 
uh, at least from a from a aesthetic and narrative um, perspective. But yeah. uh, you want to just quickly reiterate how you feel about him? <laughs> Ugly piece of <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So so let's 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 let's. I know. I'll try. I'll try and um, compose myself for this. <laughs> Right. Okay. Words can't describe how much I hate this bloody. Ah. No. So, um, <clears throat> makes me oh angry. Um. So 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 angry. Um. Yeah. It's okay. You've got this beautiful aesthetic in battle suits. Um, yep. that Has been completely untouched, and I and, and I get it. It is a ballistic suit. <laughs> the, the only one of its kind um you know in a in a in a in a race that you know relies and you know has a thing for battle suits um mm -hmm. and then you know you've also got you know the daddy that's even bigger than um the uh, storm surge in the town are which yep. is also a battle suit um <laughs> <laughs> so but no you have this ballistic suit that's it's it's like the t-rex it's the king of the dinosaurs mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's I don't like the fact that it's got two stumpy missile pods for arms, and it doesn't have arms. I mean, if you were an Imperial Knight, or you know, a race, a race knight, or even a race lord, you just you'd push it over and yeah. just watch it flail. You know, it's like that. It's like a thing in Ed Two Hundred Nine. You know, from Robocop. From back yeah, in the, the stairwell is the. Like, yeah, it's worse than yeah. It's just sitting there going. Ah! <laughs> if you're an imperial knight you just walk over you push it over and you, you just continue blasting everything else and you know occasionally turn around look at it flailing and lol yeah. um, uh, <laughs> um it's just visually such a butt ugly model um in the kit it just I, it, yeah i don't i don't like it even down to the point where um, you know, and we're talking about, I know it's the 41st millennium and you've got power suited guys that, you know, don't go without helmets. Um, so, you know, you know, strategy isn't always a thing, but you do have, you know, just to compound the silly, you know, no arm thing, chicken walker type scenario. You've got an open cockpit where two fire warriors just, just, just there, just, you know, no, we don't need armor or an enclosing copula or anything yeah it's, it, it doesn't make sense and even down to the bit where you've got all that nonsense going on and then you've actually got a battle suit head yeah to the yeah. To, to, to just off to the side of it it's like what's that about <laughs> like like seriously it's, it's just there's so much nope in one mini <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> it's just why, why have a battle suit head when it's not a battle suit and you've got an open cupola with showing two fire warriors and a ballistic scoop on on a thing that doesn't have arms and it's it's no just no 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 <laughs> isn't it isn't it funny that this model came out at the same time as the ghost kill yeah it's just like I, uh, it's, it's yeah I, I don't get it it's like it's like polar opposites yeah, you, 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 I mean, uh, I, I don't know anyone who hates the ghost kill mob. Um, no, 
Yeah. Maybe there are a few people who have built one that don't like it because, you know, it can be quite fiddly to put together. Sure, but, sure, yeah. but it's got so much posability in it because of the kits just so awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I mean, I I know quite a few ta- um, people who hate the look of Tau but still love the look of Ghost Kills. Yeah. Um, they've just got everything right with that. And then, yeah. you know, just, 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 mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um yeah so that, that's 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 the most non-sweary way i can probably say um how much i detest the yeah yeah just no um um so thematic uh so that's like visually speaking then like law law yeah. place um it's just a it's just a silly bolt-on as well. I mean, they, you, you know, you you had in the close end the seventh edition, you had two great, awesome books in the Warzone Damocles. So you got like, you know, Kalyan Monkar, and it tells this great, um, you know, huge um, Warzone, um, and it was really well written. That you know had this escalation on both the Imperial side and the Tau Empire. Um, you know, it's just there's this huge war being raged, and there's things going on all over the place. And you know, the Tau are upping their game. But you know, I mean, you look at it timeline-wise, and at the beginning of that campaign. They released the. Um, they actually released the Riptide mm-hmm. um, at the very beginning of it. Then you know, technically within the space of that one war zone, they've done that. Then there was the Ghost Kill towards the end, and then ju- it's just like they're just like, and for extra measure, we'll slap on this weird chicken thing. Um, just. I kind of get it because it was their one answer to kind of maybe trying to take out Imperial Knights, but it's just a, a, a no, it's just ill-conceived, very silly, and just just it just doesn't work. It's kind of there, there's there's no real reason for it to exist. Mm-hmm. Um because um, even what it does, um, if it was supposed to take out, you know, you know, Titans and Imperial Knights, no, it won't. It won't in a game, really. Uh, it, it, um, and it doesn't really, thematically speaking, would kind of, you know, just follow suit. I mean, you know, the, t- the actual Fordwell Town R unit, yeah, okay, I can see that as a Titan killer. Yeah. Uh, you know, or an, or an Imperial Knight killer. Um, and it doesn't mess with the aesthetic of um, what the Tau look like. Um, right. But it's absolute donkey of a, uh, of, of a unit. I just can't, I, can't, I just cannot get behind. Um, um, so yeah, that's my, that's my bucket of bile really on how i feel about it <laughs> um, um, that being said um yeah. yeah i mean you know i can see why people take them i mean because mm-hmm. they do provide a lot of good firepower i'd still argue that there's better elsewhere um for the points yeah um, but that's but that again is my me me kind of hating on it um even more um but yeah, just 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 no, just no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, gone. Okay. That, that's me with the negatives. Bring me the positive for Storm Search. Make 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 me believe I want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't think I have that kind of superpower. 
Um, <laughs> I, w- I will say I, I do own a storm surge. I have one and I never use it. Um, I painted it and it's in my collection, mm-hmm. but I'm actually reserving it. Um, for those who follow the, the YouTube channel and the uh, narrative and everything, uh, I'm actually reserving the storm surge for a particular mission I have in mind. Ooh, um, <laughs> what's that? Ooh, spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into anything too spoilery, but um, I do want to have the, it as a special thing later on in the game um, in that in that story and to have it be something that is utilized in an in incredibly limited quantity um, due to the limited resources that the Tau and the campaign have access to. Um, but that being said, uh, I never use it and the storm surge, I think, has definitely seen uh, a nerf in its effectiveness since seventh edition. Mm-hmm. Um, in seventh edition, I feel like the storm surge was actually an incredibly terrifying weapons platform. Um, I remember them being used a lot in the competitive scene mm-hmm. uh, back in the day when you could just soup any two armies together for some reason. Um, people were doing like wraith nights with storm surges uh just nonsense you know just yeah, just tournament bunnies <laughs> yeah um ju- it, that to me that's like the most offensive thing that you know uh in order to win a tournament you just literally put the most winningest models from different armies into into one army yeah. um but you know teach their own everyone gets a different thing out of the game uh in eighth edition i think that the storm surge definitely struggles the codex did bring it up uh i remember it, it wasn't as good in the index and then the codex did make it better but it's still i think it just doesn't have the ferocity that that it should i i also don't think it really has the durability that it should um it's a it's a really big model and it's just so easy to kill i mean i guess when you don't have arms to defend yourself that that can happen yeah um (laughs) but but, uh i remember even in seventh edition it actually had a really low toughness of of six Mm. um and i was like that's just not enough for this thing um and even seven feels a little weird given how huge it is but I think, I don't know. It does have a lot of damage output. Um, and, and I think what made it so scary in 7th edition was that the, the weapon, the stabilizing anchors that it can put down uh, made it shoot twice. And now it just makes it add one to hits. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, granted, that's, that's good. If you give it, like, let's say you give it a velocity tracker it has its stabilizing anchors down and you get drone support. Then you're hitting things on, you know, mm-hmm. that would be minus one to hit even like flyers. You're hitting on twos still rerolling ones. Yeah. So that's good. The pulse driver cannon is a good gun. Um, I kind of feel like it has a similar stat line to what I want the rail gun to have on the hammerhead, but really? yeah, yeah. But the hammerhead, 
I mean, I was still wanted to have the mortal wound thing since that's like the signature aspect of a rail weapon. Um, and obviously the storm surge is like one of your best and only ways to get mortal wound output in your, in your tower army, um, with the destroyer missiles. So it's, I don't know. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tricky one because I don't feel like the storm, I feel like the storm surge is too much of a point suck in a single model and it has things I want, but it has like extra things that I don't want to be paying for. Yeah. Um, and then I have to pay for this whole chassis to get like, essentially what I want is a pulse driver cannon hitting it on three ups yeah. and maybe the destroyer missiles. And instead I have to pay for like the cluster rocket system and the, um, the we- random like twin linked flamer or burst cannon or whatever. And just the huge chassis you're paying for this 20 wound model. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's a tricky one. And, and like you said, it's not a battle suit and functionally it doesn't feel like one because it really doesn't seem designed to be mobile, despite the fact that it's essentially a pair of legs with a gun on it. Um, (laughs) I think that's weird. I think that's a strange I mean, like, granted, you know, maybe the legs get it into battle, but as far as I know, they're actually dropped in by by gunships um, in a lot of the lore. So, yeah, I, I think it is. It's kind of like orcas or mantas kind of like drop them in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, like, those rapid kind of like, so it stops those, you know, their legs are theirs getting too worn out or, you yeah. know, having to navigate something that might mean they'll fall over and, you know, they're. <laughs> They can't get to the front line, uh, right? Yeah, you know, it's just like we we make them walk because they're mostly legs. But you know, let's face it, they can't get up. So, um, <laughs> you know, we'll give them we'll give them all the support they need. You yeah, know? yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. In that regard, you know, I think there there are issues with it. I think it's kind of silly to imagine taking one without taking a shield generator on it. Uh, <laughs> just because like the ability to shred this thing off the table it would go so fast um against an enemy that has like you know substantial firepower yeah um i mean i'd consider it a bullet magnet anyway just because it it you know i see one on the table um you know it would make my eyes bleed enough to want to remove it quickly (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it doesn't have the battle suit uh keyword so you can't defend it with drones. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's, it, that's the thing. It's just, it, it will just get melted. Like it doesn't have those natural built-in defenses that other Taos big things have. Mm. Um, a riptide is so much harder to kill than this thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when you combine the drone support with the fact that it can have a consistent three up involve every turn. Um, it's just the storm surge just can't compete with that. Um, so, so it was abomination. It was ill thought out. It needs to be removed. <laughs> the Tau <laughs> built, uh, much like uh, Star Wars Rogue One, they built a flaw into it so yeah. that it would be blown up by the enemy, hopefully. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> I feel like there isn't much else to say about the storm surge. I, I think you just don't want uh, me to swear he ran again, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's not like, I, I'm not going to say it's on like the bad end of things. I just think that it's, again, it's, it's in a position where like you're, you're making a choice. Generally, most players are making a choice between, this and the riptide and my money a hundred percent of the time is on the riptide yeah um the ion accelerator when you're nova charging it and overcharging it is so much better of a weapon than anything on the storm surge Mm. um and And, um even with the um if you're going to take the heavy burst cannon as well i mean again nova charge that you're chucking out 18 strength six shots at eight you know with ats that's ap minus two and two damage each yep that's far more reliable than the cluster rocket system oh yeah way way better than that yeah (laughs) um so that's the thing it's just like if you're gonna make the choice between these two big models in the codex i feel like there's really only one true choice and if you're taking a storm surge, it's because you like the model. So you're not null in, in that yeah. case. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, each of their own, you know, there's no wrong opinions, but if you like a storm surge, then, you know, I'm sorry, your opinion's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just don't feel like there's much else to say about them because <laughs> I feel like they, they only have the one function mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just they sit there and they shoot. Um, a riptide can move around. It has it has so much use. Um, battle suits in general have so much utility, and a storm surge literally does one thing, and that is shoot its guns. Um, I mean, does anyone? Do you know if anyone actually takes the pulse blast cannon? Because I mean, that would be the thing to move it up with. Yeah, uh, it would be. But but then you still need to get within ten inches of your enemy, and then you're only chucking out two shots at strength 14 ap46 damage yep it's like now that's, that's that's not a lot of payback for trying to walk a bullet magnet up the table right uh, um and you know and again you know it hits a slight incline and you know or there's some, there's an all slick and you know it's just gonna slip <laughs> over right yeah and, and, it's, and it's, exposed uh occupants will just tumble out onto the ground yeah. just going um, why I have a closed copula, um, yeah. <laughs> and and the random battlesuit head that's sitting on the side will just be confused. Yeah, uh, I think it, it looks confused anyway. It's just like, why am I here? <laughs> I thought it was a ballistic suit. <laughs> yeah, why did you put me on this thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so, so just say no. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I would say the storm surge is a is a eh to a no. Like it's it's definitely not. Like, I, I I can't imagine anyone saying it's an auto include, um, and I think it has its uses. Like, I do think the pulse driver cannon is a good gun, but I feel like the cluster rocket system is so random that it's not amazing. Like, you know, it it sounds scary, but when you look at it, it's like well, it's, it's all right. I mean, potentially it's less damage output than a squad of fire warriors. Hmm. So, you know, it's not, 
it's whatever it's why would you not just put those points into more fire warriors or more battle suits or i just feel like it it has like bits of a bunch of things but if you don't necessarily want all those things together then you're just basically paying tax points to yeah, get one missile systems there's better uses there's better things to have them on you can yeah. have literally on anything you know dsa turrets broadsides riptides pretty much anything going <laughs> it's like yep. um yeah i mean you switch the flamers out for you know burst cannons again burst cannons are just so readily available elsewhere yeah, yeah they're like, everywhere i mean you, you've got an army where literally your base weapon is a strength five shot so yeah. you're paying just a lot of extra points for some extra strength five shots which you could just get more readily available elsewhere and more more effective because yeah i mean you know heavy 46 on a cluster rocket system it's like eh? yeah yeah it's whatever it's average average let's face it you know it's like you know it's 14 yeah maybe i don't know yeah something about that it's like you know yeah squad of fire warriors would do that Exactly. Um, yeah. you know, and again, at 48 inches, okay, it's got the range, but, you know, I mean, you whiff that roll, then, you know, it's just like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And you yeah. want to spend your D6, you know, if you have to do a command point reroll, you want it to be on the pulse driver cannon. Yeah. So you could totally whiff on the cluster rocket, and it would just be so underwhelming. And, yeah. and even then, you maybe want to spend your reroll just on a hit for a secret, uh, destroyer missile. Because, yeah. you know, if you waste a destroyer missile, that's so devastating to lose one of your four abilities to do consistent mortal wound output in the game. Mm. Um, it's just, you want to put, you want to make sure those land, you want to make sure those do the damage that they can. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you can't augment the rest of it with a command point reroll. Mm. And then you're just, you know blindly hoping that it all works out but you know unless you use borkon or something and you use that stratagem to re-roll one of your random shot things or whatever yeah. but, but yeah that's uh yeah I don't know. <laughs> it's just it just doesn't seem worth it i mean like i already think that that stratagem is probably one of the weaker ones in the book mm-hmm. um and then if you're putting it on a model like this too, I feel like you're just putting way too much effort into the, making sure that a storm surge does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, you, you frequently said these things do what they do on the tin, like, or what it says on the tin, like it just doesn't with this, with the storm surge, it doesn't do what it says. Yeah. Um, not, not on its own anyway, you have to put so much effort into trying to let it do that. And sometimes it still just won't. Yeah, um, another synergy you get with the rest of the army when you're kind of throwing in extra stuff to try and make a storm surge viable. It's, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can make it akin to is, you know, you're you're kind of, yeah, you're just chucking in extras just to try and justify it, and you know, it feels like, I don't know, well, that's the best analogy. You put, you're, you're basically polishing a turd. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, quite, quite figuratively and literally because the the model looks like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, do you think i may have underestimated how much i've, I've kind of like i hate this model no i mean i think 
I think you well represented your hate in the past, and I think you you succeeded again today. I, I feel like I have Mr. a very good grasp on how you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the storm surge. I don't feel like we need to say much more about it. Really, it's it's uh, it is pretty straightforward, but it also is a highly demanding model. And I think when you place it up against other high point models in the in the army. There are just there are several better options, really. Mm. So it is found wanting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, even from a narrative perspective, I feel like it's maybe one of the least uh, uh, stable sort of stories for explaining why a model exists. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think you know, it's it's a pretty middling thing. Uh, mm. Buy a ghost kill instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, or in my case, you literally buy two. It's like yeah, you, or just buy two. Uh, I, I, I remember it came out and I loved it, and I, I hated it back then. I thought that I would have to get it just to be viable, because seventh and codex creep and all that jazz. And then you know, um, luckily the leak literally came out. Um, you know, um, literally the day before the storm surge was actually going on the shelves. <laughs> and you know i didn't i'm so glad i didn't pre-order that thing because you know i didn't like it then and i didn't it was kind of like i don't want to and, yeah <laughs> um, um and then yeah the, the, the ghost kill got images got leads and i was oh such a sigh of relief yeah i'm just like yeah two of these <laughs> same price yeah. you won't regret it and so much more usable and so much more beautiful uh so yeah so yeah yeah literally just save yourself the pennies kids go get yourself ghost kills yeah uh, yeah you won't regret it <laughs> or or riptides i mean or riptides. Just, yeah. yeah or just crisis suits lots of crisis suits or broadsides i mean any other battle suit yeah and is, hell best bids best you know <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's heavy support and it's lord of war uh, we are we're nearing completion of the Tau Codex. It's pretty exciting. I know. It's just like let's cover all the major beats. I think kind of you know. Uh, I don't think we need to cover the troops with three entries. Um, it's kind of like I think everyone knows about them, and if you don't, it's just. But it's it's kind of a little thing of itself, in really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, basically, get them. They're awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the next one is obviously stay tuned because there's a HQ thing. Yep, I think the HQs are worth talking about. Yeah, I think they are. There, there's so many awesome, awesome characters and on we. Um, uh, I think kind of that's worthy of a chat. Yeah, um, get really into the fluff on it because um, there's there's quite a lot of uh, cool characters in the Tau decks. Um, oh yeah. Mm. So I think that I think that, I think that's worthy of a conversation. If you'll have me on again, of course I will. Of course I'll, I will. After me spitting spitting feathers and vitriol over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after you've insulted my best friend, the storm surge, I don't think I can talk to you again. No, um, I cannot wait to speak to you again about anything and everything. And uh, I want to throw it to the audience again. Please, anyone listening, if you have a subject you'd like us to talk about, whether it's crunch or fluff. Uh, Noel and I love talking, uh, believe it or not, and uh, we also love talking about Warhammer. So, just send us anything. If you if there's a topic you'd like to see covered, I think between the two of us, we can easily 
eat up an hour and a half eat, uh, talking about it. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, at the very least. So mm-hmm. throw us your ideas in the Discord. Um, if you're not on the Discord, join our Discord. It's excellent. Yeah. What are you doing with your life? Come. Yeah. Come join the party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you again so much for tuning in and listening. Thank you so much again, Noel, for taking the time to talk to me. Always a pleasure, my man. Always a pleasure. And for me as well. And uh, until next time, see you later. Stay awesome.